Go with me to 1 Corinthians 10, please, again this evening. Scriptures we've looked at throughout the week. And if you haven't been with us on previous nights, uh, we'd recommend that you hear the previous messages because we're building on that tonight. Each night built on the previous. In 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, and the uh, 5th verse, talking about the first generation of Israelites that God brought out of Egyptian bondage there with the plan to take them into the promised land. It says, but with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Verse 6, now these things were our examples. More that's clearer to me than it's ever been. We must not look at these passages like we've been reading in Numbers 12, 13, 14, 15, those accounts in Deuteronomy of their trek out of Egyptian bondage and in the wilderness and then eventually into the promised land. We must not look at those things as history only. They apply to us directly today. There are amazing answers here. Oh, somebody say glory to God. God. Said out loud, what happened to them, them? good and bad, bad. is an example for me me. right now. Now, Now, you know, some people will say, oh, no, Brother Keith, you know, you need to stay out of the Old Testament. That's not our covenant. Well, you know, I already knew that. Our covenant has changed. Faith has not changed. Faith works exactly the same now as in Abraham's life. Our covenant has changed. Faith has not. And uh, unbelief is the same. He went on to say in verse 11, Now all these things happen to them, for in samples, or we'd say examples, and they are written for who? Whose numbers written for? You. Deuteronomy. Who's that written for? You. Me. Written for our admonition, that means warning and instruction, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Verse 12, wherefore, let him that thinks he stands Take heed lest he fall. Is this writing to us? This is the epistle to the church at Corinth. Same church we're a part of. Same dispensation. Same gospel. Same new birth. Same everything. Why would he say to us, take heed. He that thinks he stands, let him take heed lest he falls. You don't win battles by failing to prepare and underestimating your enemy. That's a recipe for failure and defeat. An example is Peter and all the disciples. When Jesus warned them, now this is written for our warning and instruction. When he warned them about denying him and leaving him, what did they all say? No way know how is that right we will die with you 
they, Peter and the others too, they thought they were stronger than they were. And they didn't take him seriously. He said, watch and pray. And so what'd they do? Sleep. And not pray. (laughs) Not prepare. Not take it seriously. And then what happened? They all ran away. Peter wound up denying the Lord. When the Lord says, take heed. Beware. (laughs) Watch. Why would he wouldn't say it unless there's a real issue here. And if we ignore it and don't take heed, then you're apt to fall. Let him that stands take heed lest he falls. There's no temptation that includes every kind of trial and test taken you, but such as is common to man. Now the devil will lie to you and say that nobody has ever been through what you're going through. That's a lie. <laughs> A lot of people have experienced it. It's happening throughout our brethren, throughout the world. But such as is common to man, but God is faithful. Oh, somebody say, God is faithful. Specifically faithful to not allow you and I to be tempted, tested above what we're able to resist, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. If it shows up in your life, it is not too big for you to overcome. The devil will tell you, this is too big. This is too big. If it really was too big for you, God wouldn't allow it. He wouldn't allow it. (laughs) I used to do some sport fighting. And to me, when I hear that, I see the ring. And I know if he's in the ring with me, I can whoop him. Whoop is worse than whipped. (laughs) When you've been whooped, ain't no comeback. (laughs) Uh, Go with me, if you would, please, to the book of Hebrews. And let's look in the New Testament account of the description of what we've been looking at in Numbers 13 and 14. What we've been looking at is how that uh, God directed Moses to send 12 spies on a reconnaissance mission into the promised land that he had been telling them uh, about for some time, that he had searched out for them, picked out for them. He said it's a good land. It flows with milk and honey. He said it's a land you won't have to irrigate like you did where you came from. It's a land that I reign on and I take care of. And he said it's a land where you're just going to walk right in to vineyards and orchards that you didn't plant, houses you didn't build. Does this sound good or does this sound good? (laughs) Well, now, let's just start right there. What's that written for? That's for us. Is there a life like that for us? Should we look back longingly on the blessings of a covenant that's not as good as ours? Our covenant is a better covenant established upon better promises. Which is better? $50 bill? $100 bill? Help me out. Which one's better? This is not a trick question. You should... 
You should be able to answer. $50 bill? $100 bill. Come on, help me out. Why? The 100 has got the 50 in it. Plus, we didn't lose anything by the coming of Jesus. We got everything they had. Plus, plus, we're not just servants, we're sons. Got the authority in the name of Jesus. Come on, are y'all with me? But we didn't lose anything. The blessing of Abraham is mine. How about you? So if they could have orchards and vineyards and houses, why can't you have orchards and vineyards and houses, plural? God gave Abraham so many goats and sheep and camels and cows, they didn't have room to put them. Is he the same God today? Has he changed? No, he hasn't changed. Now, Hebrews, the third chapter, beginning about the seventh verse. We're going to read several verses through here because this, how many understand this This is another confirmation. What's written about there with these guys uh, going to the promised land, it has application in the New Testament because here's whole chapters of the New Testament devoted to it. 3-7 says, wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, we could say it like they did, as in the provocation. Now, the provocation is a term, New Testament term, referring to what they did when the spies came back and the ten gave the evil report and Joshua and Caleb gave a good report. And they all got upset and cried all night and said, we can't take the land. We're all going to die out here and and let's appoint us a new uh, leader and go back to Egypt. The scriptures, God said they provoked him in doing this. And that there was evil report and evil unbelief. And we studied earlier this week that there are two major kinds, two different kinds of unbelief. One is the result of ignorance, not knowing. And the other is uh, not a matter that you don't know, it's a matter of obstinate, willful unbelief. Not don't believe, it's won't believe. A refusal to believe, which is actually rebellion against the commandment of the Lord. And God calls it evil. He said, and he's telling us, don't harden your hearts like they did. Does that sound like 1 Corinthians we just got through reading? Don't do what they did. Well, what does that mean? You could. You could do what they did. 2019, child of God. You could act like they did. Don't do it. Don't harden your heart. You know, we should be tender hearted. Not hard-hearted. You know, we, we, the scripture says be, be converted and become as little children. And that way you enter into the things of the kingdom of God. And I've noticed myself, you know it's true about you too, the closer I am to the Lord, the more tender-hearted I am. 
quicker I am to laugh, quicker I am to cry, even tears of joy, quicker I am to repent. Come on, are y'all with me? But you get uh, hard-hearted, that's an indication that you're in a bad spiritual condition. You're not close to the Lord when you get harder and harder. We're told in the New Testament to be tender-hearted, aren't we? Be tender-hearted, forgiving one another, being gracious with each other. Be tender-hearted. He goes on to say, don't harden your heart like they did in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. Now here's the sad thing. Even after this meltdown at the evil report and the return of the spies, they still, that generation never changed for the next 40 years. They still never changed. Verse 10, wherefore I was grieved with that generation. You would be too. And said they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. Oh friend, are you hungry? Not to just know about God, but to know him personally. Know who he is and know his ways. Know what he likes, doesn't like. Know how he does things. Now he doesn't do things. They've not known my ways. Verse 11. So I swore in my wrath. They shall not enter. Into my rest. Now this word enter. Is a significant emphasis in this passage. You're going to see it again and again. And again and again and again and again. Just in the next. This chapter and the next. Everybody say enter. 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 What was the big deal with the children of Israel? What was supposed to happen at that juncture? God's delivered them through a mighty arm. All those signs and wonders. He split the Red Sea. Here they are at the border of the land he's picked out for them. What's supposed to happen now? They are supposed to go into it. Is that right? Enter into it and enjoy it. Yes. Oh, somebody say, enter in, enter in. and enjoy. And enjoy. <laughs> enter into it, experience it, enjoy it, live in it. But when they came up to it and it was time to take it, time to possess it, they, through hearing, most of the people, did not see the giants in the walled cities at that juncture. They just heard somebody else tell them it was impossible to enter into it. you got to watch about believing everything everybody tells you. <laughs> Including so-called science experts. You need to question these things. Well, these experts say this. Who are they? Where did they get this information? Right? I almost got into something right there, but I don't think I will right now. I'm just telling you. 
Do not believe everything you hear. I don't care if the whole world in general believes it. What's it based on? Now when God tells you something, believe it. Don't blink an eye. Believe it completely. Be fully persuaded. But anybody else? Raise your eyebrow and go, we'll see. <laughs> right? Don't, don't just swallow everything. Keep reading here. I swore to them in my wrath, they shall not what? Enter into my rest. Keep reading. Take heed, brethren. This is a warning description. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Can a child of God yield to unbelief? That shouldn't be too hard to answer. We're not going to assume that you've lived in victorious faith every hour of every day of your whole life. (laughs) Uh, I know some people, we won't call names, have had moments. (laughs) Moments. Where they chose not to believe. (laughs) Certainly. You don't lose your will because you got saved. You can yield anything you want to. But verse 12, read it again. Take heed lest there be an evil heart of unbelief in any of you departing from the living God. Verse 13, but exhort one another daily. And you know, this is one of the reasons why we're told not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Because we need the camaraderie. We need the bolstering and the faith influence. That's why you need to go to meetings. That's why you need to be a part of a church. That's why you need to be involved in ministries. Uh, You you get off to yourself too much. And isolated too much. And you get to thinking you know it all. You you cannot rip because there's no comparison. There's no, uh, and I don't mean comparison in a competitive way, but there there's nothing to to judge how it's going with you by. And you can assume you're just soaring, but you can get around some people that's really believing God beyond you, and you go, well, who? Look at here, I I need to step up, right? I, I need you need to be around people that inspire you, people whose vision and faith is greater than yours. Don't you want to be inspired? Don't you want to be encouraged? You do this by coming together. Thank God for the internet. Thank God for being able to join. But that can't take the place of you actually being in a seat and being in the presence. And another big thing, you can't serve remotely. (laughs) You got to show up somewhere. Is that right? To do something, I actually had the Lord say to me some years ago, he said, many of my people quote the scripture, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He said, but how do they serve me? He said, going to church is not serving me, it's them getting fed. You got to go beyond just doing something for your personal benefit to get fed, you've got to do something to minister to others. You've got to do something to in your church or in your ministries. Come on, y'all with me or not? 
Serving God has to go beyond you just getting fed. Well, some folks didn't know if they liked that or not. But uh, ask the Lord about it. See what he tells you. Uh, Keep going. Exhort one another daily. That means you're going to have to have some interaction somewhere while it's called today, which is the only day we ever live in. Can't live in yesterday. Can't live in tomorrow. While it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, which is also an answer as to why folks become harder, is a matter of ignoring what you know the Lord's dealing with you to do and not do, ignoring it, pushing past it, and you get uh, conscience seared and get dulled and then get hard. And especially if you've been corrected a few times and you're unwilling to change, you don't want to hear it anymore. Amen. You can get hard, and that's when you get in serious trouble too. But keep going, verse 14. For we're made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Praise God. While it is said today, he repeats the thought, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. This is also insight into why Jesus would say, if you have ears to hear, let him hear. What determines a hearing ear or a deaf ear spiritually? You know, the scripture says in quoting Isaiah, you read it in the gospel accounts, you read it in the epistles, where the passage is quoted, it said, uh, their eyes they have closed, and their ears not hearing, and their heart don't understand, lest they should be converted, and I should heal them. Notice that passage says, their eyes they have closed. Do you see this? The thing that causes you to not be able to hear is a heart that is unwilling to do. If you're not willing to do what the Lord would tell you to do, your ear doesn't hear it. The Lord actually said this to me in in reference to this, using the example of radio frequencies, AM band, FM band. He said, you can pick up the plan on the willing band. (laughs) (laughs) You know, how many understand if you're trying to pick up an FM station, but your equipment's on the AM band, you're not going to get it. Is that right? right, you right. you got to get on the right band. And God is always broadcasting. 24-7. All the time. And people that say, well, I just can't seem to hear from God. They just told off on themselves. Their heart is on the wrong band. All you got to do is adjust it to willing. And you'll start receiving loud and clear. You'll start hearing. If you'll hear his voice, you can say it like this. If you want to hear his voice, what? Don't harden your heart. Like they did in the provocation. And verse 16. For some, when they had heard, did provoke Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? Now why are we reading about this? 
I know I keep saying this, but there are all kind of Christians today that would ignore this and say, no, that's Old Covenant, Brother Keith. That's Old Covenant. That's, that's not for us today. Can you read? <laughs> then why is he taking whole chapters in New Testament books to talk about it? Because faith, even though our relationship with him has changed, our covenant has changed, faith has not changed. It works exactly the same way. And under the new covenant, how are we to live? How are we to walk? How are we to overcome? How are we to please God? It's still by the same faith. Just like Abraham. Just like Caleb. Just like Joshua. And so we need to be able to identify this evil, unpersuadable unbelief that these guys yielded to so that we can spot that a mile away and not yield to it at all. Right? And we need to discern the Abraham kind of faith and the Joshua and Caleb kind of faith and embrace that and feed that and live in that and walk in that. Who was he grieved? Forty years. Was it not with them that had sinned whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? Keep going. And to whom swore he that they should not what? What? All of this is about getting in. Enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. Next verse. So we see that what? They couldn't what? They couldn't what? Enter in. Are there some things God has given us? Oh, somebody's going to get excited before this is over with. Is the promised land a type of something for us today? Is it? Are there some things Jesus has bought and paid for and given to the church that you want to get in? If you want to get in healing... If you want to get in the gifts of the Spirit, if you want to get in abundance, it's, it's available. It's bought. It's paid for. The giants didn't keep them out of the promised land. The next generation proved that, didn't they? They went in and overcame them. The walls didn't keep them out. The iron chariots didn't keep them out. What kept them out? Unbelief. You can see why it's so evil. It's evil. It robbed them of a lifetime of enjoying the blessing of God. It prevented them from entering in to what was what belonged to them, what was theirs in God. They couldn't enter in because of unbelief. Does this have any application to us? Can unbelief keep a child of God? From entering into things. That's bought and paid for in Christ. Absolutely it can. Because even though. Grace has given it to us. It's accessed. By faith. The scripture says. Come on can you keep reading. They couldn't enter in. Because of unbelief. So if you're going to enter in. And I'm going to enter in. We got to get rid of this stuff. This unbelief. Keep Keep reading. This is the fourth chapter. Now, that, let us therefore. Let who? Us. us. Again, he keeps applying this to us. Let us therefore fear, 
lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. What does gospel mean? Good news. Were they given any good news? Good news about the good land. Come on, can you see that? Good news. Oh, come on. You, you, your, your, grand, your daddy and your granddaddy and your great-granddaddy going back for generations were the property of somebody else. Didn't own the rags on their back. And God has delivered you from what people said could never happen in a thousand years. And not only did he deliver you, he healed you. The Bible, the psalmist said, he brought them out with silver and gold. And there was not one feeble person among all their tribes. Well, you know, among two million people, there was some sick people being worked as slaves. Something happened. I said, something happened. God healed a whole bunch of them. Got them ready for the trip. Put money in their pockets. And said, I'm taking you somewhere. Oh, it's a good place. The good report, the good news should excite you. If you believe it, you will be excited. You'll think, glory to God, glory to God. Houses, vineyards, orchards, glory to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. I was a slave last year. I'm a landowner this year. Oh, somebody say glory to God. I'm rich. But everybody except Joshua and Caleb decided, no, we can't. Impossible. And then they got ill about it. They wanted to stone Joshua and Caleb. You remember reading that? When when Joshua and Caleb stood up and said, now quit this, quit this. (laughs) Unbelief irritates faith. And faith irritates unbelief. They said, we can do this. I'm telling you, we can do this. Caleb said, let's go up at once and take this place because we're well able to do it. And Joshua said, their defense is gone from them. They got no defense. God's with us. Come on, we can do this thing. And the people's response was looking for rocks. Let's kill these irritating fanatics. So don't be shocked (laughs) if your faith excitement is not well received by everybody around you. But don't let their unbelief and evil report rob you of your faith. Keep reading. Unto us was the good news preached, like good news was preached to them. But the word preached didn't profit them. It didn't benefit them. Why? It was not mixed with faith in them that heard it. No word of God is void of power. But that power in that word is not automatically released. Faith releases the power that's in the word spoken to you. Hallelujah. 
It's kind of like those chemistry experiments we used to do. You got this agent and this beaker, this agent and this beaker. As long as you keep them apart, everything's fine. But if you mix them, I said if you mix them, one's a catalyst to the power and releases the energy that's already in that. Which is why the devil fights so hard to keep the word separated from faith. Because he knows there will be no manifestation of power unless somebody mixes faith with it. He doesn't care how much you go to church. He don't care how religious you are. He don't even care how much you pray. As long as you mix no faith with it. That's what he's scared of. Keep going. For we which have believed do what? Enter into rest. As he said as I have sworn in my wrath. If they shall enter into my rest. Although the works were finished. From the foundation of the world. Now I hope you're awake right now. Was it God's plan for them to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years? Before they were born, before their grandparents were born, before the foundation of the world, God's plan was for them to go into the promised land. The works were finished from the foundation of the world. Some of the biggest lies that the church has been convinced of and deceived about are right here. People will say, well, If it's God's will, it will happen. If it's to be, it will be. If it's God's plan, it's going to happen. Not true. Not true. Can you read this? What works? He said, he swore in his wrath at that juncture that they were not going to enter into his rest, although the works of the land and for them to go in. How many understand God already had it figured out how they could defeat the giants? He already had a plan how to get the walls down. Come on, y'all with me? They didn't have to come up with the plan. All they had to do was believe and just obey him. Every day. Just get up today and go, okay. What do we do today, Lord? And he would have led them. How many believe he would have led them? Well, you see it in Joshua. You see what happened with Jericho in the next generation. He wanted to do that with their parents. It was prepared. Just because it's God's will doesn't mean it automatically happens. Just because it's God's plan for you doesn't mean he's going to override your will and force you to choose him and force you to choose to believe and force you to obey. If he was going to force anybody to do anything, he would force unbelievers to receive Jesus and save them from hell and destruction. Come on, y'all with me. If he's not going to do that, He's not going to force people in any of these other lesser things. Well, if it's God's will, it'll happen. Not true. Just not true. 
There are two big things God slash grace doesn't do for us. Grace is all that God has given. But God doesn't receive for us. Nor does he resist the devil for us. You need to stop begging the Lord to make the devil quit. Because the scripture never said, you know, nowhere in the New Testament do you see anything in the instruction about praying that God would make the devil stop. You do see where he told us to resist the devil. And the devil would flee from us. God won't resist the devil for you. And he won't receive for you either. We have to receive. God gave them the land of Canaan. He brought them right to it. He brought the mightiest empire on the face of the earth to its knees. And got them out of there and healed them and put money in their pockets and brought them right to the border. What what was supposed to happen? What had to happen next in his plan? They had to take it. They had to what? God's not going to take it for you. He's not going to receive it for you. Whether it's the new birth or the Holy Spirit or healing are your bills paid? Are your body healed? Come on, y'all with me? God doesn't receive it for us. We have to receive it, and another word is take. Mark eleven twenty three. Anybody know Mark eleven twenty three? And twenty four. I'm talking about twenty four actually right now. What things serve you desire? When you pray, do what? Believe what? Believe what? Oh, I believe in God. That's not what he said right here. I believe God is able. That's wonderful, but that's not what he said. Believe what? Believe that you receive it, or that same word is translated T-A-K-E. Believe that you take it. Take it. Believe that you take it. Right in line with what we just got to talking about, one of the biggest lies that the devil has sold the church and millions of believers is that God is in control and it's all up to God. It's all up to God. But it's not all up to God. Now you couldn't receive it. If grace hadn't given it to you. If grace hadn't bought and paid for it. And provided it. But grace doesn't receive for you. And the receiving involves a fight. I said the receiving involves. I know your flesh don't want to hear that. I'm not thrilled about it. But it's the way it is. (laughs) There is an enemy arrayed against us. We live in a curse-filled, dark world. There are giants in the land. And there are walled cities. Come on, y'all with me. They're the same exact thing. And you've got to be aggressive in faith 
to take it, to receive it. And this is not what religion teaches. Religion teaches you just let go and let God. I says, oh, Brother Keith, what's, what's wrong with that? A lot. A lot. <laughs> Put on the screen 1 Timothy 6.12. 1 Timothy 6.12. Just let go. What does that mean? What does that mean? Let go. That means you'll quit trying to do anything. And you need to get out of God's way. Because you can't do it. It's all God. It's all God. It's all. No, no, it ain't. All God. I know that sounds good to religious minds, but it is contrary to the Bible. Where did the failure occur? In these people that are examples for us right now. When it came time to take it. They're going to have to get serious about this. Is that right? They're going to have to face their fears. They're going to have to to become aggressive and possess and everybody say take, take, take take it. Are they trying to take it out of the hand of God? No, he's already given it to them. Who are they having to wade through? The enemy, not God. But God didn't just sweep with his hand and knock all the giants and walls out and pick them up and put them in there. He expects us. We're created in his likeness and image. He's training us to operate like him in his eternal kingdom. We can't be wimps. We can't wait on somebody to do everything for us. Many want to turn our nation into the land of handouts. It was not ordained to be the land of handouts. It was ordained to be the land of opportunity. Oh, somebody y'all listening to me or not? Opportunity. What are you supposed to, what do you have to do with an opportunity? You got to get your little self up and and go to work. Come on. You got to get up before noon. That's right. Get somewhere on time. Work hard. Get early. Stay late. Stay with it for more than three months. You know, this same New Testament said if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. There are times people need help. There are times people need help. But God never intended that one man or woman be dependent on another man or woman their entire life. We've all got the same source. But God requires something of you. He'll give you a talent, a pound, and he'll say, now do something with that. Turn that into something. (laughs) And if you sit and wait on him to do it for you, he's going to be displeased with you. The church has been lied to. The church has been deceived. It's all God. It's all up to God. 
Just let go. <laughs> let go of what? <laughs> let go of what? What's the implication? Come on, help me out. Basically, you are nothing. You can't do anything. God does everything anyway. What you need to do is just hush and quit and get out of the way and let God do it. Because he's going to do it all anyhow. How about this verse? 1 Timothy 6.12. Yes, Fight. Oh, come on, tell your neighbor. Fight. <laughs> what were the Israelites going to have to do to get in to get into promise? Fight the good. It's not a bad fight. It's a good fight. <laughs> if you fight a fight and you get beat so bad they have to take you to the hospital, you don't say that was a good fight. <laughs> not for you, it wasn't. <laughs> Tell me what's a good fight. Come on, what's a, what's a good fight when he always causes you to triumph, when he gives you the victory through your Lord Jesus? That's a good fight. That's a good fight. But you had to fight. You had to fight. It's a good fight, but it's still a, a fight. I used to do some sport fighting back in my younger days. Fighting is not like sitting on the sofa drinking an iced tea. You got to get after it. And when you get through with the fight, man, you're fatigued. You're, you're, why? It took effort. Somebody says, no, Brother Keith, no, we're under grace now. Am I reading New Testament scriptures or not? We're not fighting God. We're not fighting God to try to get him to give us something. Who are we fighting? The one who's trying to keep us out. Trying to keep us from entering into. Fight the good fight of faith. Let go. Fight the good fight of faith. What? Let go. Well, that's about the same, ain't it? No. Letting go? Laying home? No. <laughs> no. No. What's laying hold? Faith is the hand that takes. That la- faith are the hands that lay hold and take and receive through whatever resistance you encounter. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold. Go back to Hebrews. We need to finish reading this. Hebrews 4. What was our last one? The works were finished from the foundation of the world. Verse 4. He spoke in a certain place of the seventh day. On this wise God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place if they shall enter again into my rest... Seeing therefore it remains that some must enter therein. Why would you say some? Because even though it was God's will for all to enter in, that first generation did not. The next ones did. They to whom it was first preached. What? What? They didn't get into that. 
Oh, child of God, there are so many wonderful things God wants us to get into. Oh, he wants us to get into them. Ability. Hallelujah. Spiritual and natural. Ability, measures of ability, and open doors that we've not experienced before. But they won't just fall on us. The Lord will tell you, I've given this to you. Then what he'll say next is, get it. And the next thing you do when you stand up to go get it, you'll run into a giant. You'll, you'll run into a wall. You'll run into this. And then you're going to have to go into fight mode. Not fighting God. Not fighting people. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But we do wrestle against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world. Wicked spirits in, the, in high places. They didn't enter in because of the unbelief. Keep going. Again, he limits a certain day saying in David, today, after so long a time, as it said, today, if you will hear his voice, what? Do you want to hear his voice? Don't harden your heart. Got to be willing. Verse 8. For if Jesus, now this is actually referring to Joshua or Yeshua, who's a type of Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remains, therefore, a rest to the people of God. For he that's entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. I know I used to, uh, in healing school, I'd, I'd teach on faith. And one week I'd teach on fighting the good fight of faith. A couple weeks later, I'd teach on entering to the rest. And after a while of that, I thought, now hold on, what are we doing? Fighting or resting? <laughs> which, which one are we supposed to be doing? And the Lord helped me see. He said, he said just read the next verse, son. For there remains a rest to the people of God. Keep going. He that's entered into his rest, he ceased from his own works as God did from his. Notice this next verse. Let us what? Labor. Work to do what? Rest. To enter in the rest. What's the devil opposing you to, to keep you from getting in the rest? And once you get in the rest, to try to get you out of the rest. The, the work, the labor, the fight is to get in the rest and to stay in the rest. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. This is our offensive weapon in this fight. The anointed word of God. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit. I mean, when your soul wants to lay down and cry, when your mind wants to close down, when your body wants to just lay down and quit, speak the anointed word of God. That word can pierce through the fog. It can pierce through the confusion. Come on, do you believe it, Saints of God? Go somewhere where somebody else is speaking the anointed word of God. And get with your faith, friends, of speaking the word of God and speak it yourself. Let it come out of your mouth in the morning, in the new time, when the sun goes down. It's more powerful than all these things. 
Can you say amen? Can you say glory to God? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Go with me, please, to the book of Matthew. Oh, thank you, Father. Matthew 11, and then we're going to go straight from there to Luke 16. There's much, much more in those two chapters, but how many see this dealing with Numbers 13 and 14 and how it applies directly to us? Enter in. That was the big issue. They got to the promise and gift of God. But when it came time to enter in, it's going to take faith. And that's where they failed. They just threw up their hands and quit. In Matthew, the 11th chapter, verse 12, Jesus said, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. That word violent, I believe in our modern vernacular, catches us wrong. And we hear it in a negative connotation. The word means force. Forceful. Not cruel violence. Let me read this to you from some other translations. The New English says... From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. Forceful people lay hold of it. That's the New English, the NET. Said out loud, forceful people lay hold of it. The Weist and the Phillips translation say it like this. The kingdom of heaven is being taken by storm. And the strong and forceful ones claim it for themselves eagerly. (laughs) The strong and forceful ones claim it for themselves eagerly. This is not about violence against people or against God. That's, That's a King James word. It's about force. And specifically... It's about the force of faith. Because we read this earlier in the week in Romans and also in Ephesians that we have access into the grace of God by faith, boldness and confidence of faith. Rising up and advancing and laying hold. Not being pushy with people. Does everybody hear that now? We don't war and wrestle against flesh and blood. Not being pushy and demanding with people. No, no, no. But when it comes to any spiritual opposition, you will not lay down. You will not let it tell you you can't have that. Right? And you're not just waiting on God to notice you and drop it on you. You're going to get it. You're laying hold of it forcefully. Look in Luke 16 because it's the same thing, but Luke's account, and this is some of the best commentary you have, is one writer and another. 
Luke 16, 16. The law and the prophets were until John. Now here's an important point right here. Not until Jesus. Jesus didn't teach the law. It was until John. Since that time, what's preached? That's what Jesus preached. Jesus didn't preach the law. He preached the kingdom of God. And every man does what? Is pressing into it. Somebody say pressing into it. And the forceful seize it and lay hold of it. This is the revelation the devil has sought so hard to hide from the church. You just need to be quiet. You just need to sit back and don't say anything because that's being arrogant and that's being belligerent. It's all up to God. It's not up to you. Hush. Sit down. Be quiet. Lay down. Just let go. Well, who wants you to let go? Who wants you to let go? The devil wants to control everything. He wants you to back off. He does not want the church finding out who we are and what we have and what we can do. You be a good little religious person now. And be quiet. Sit down. Hush. (laughs) Why? Because he is controlling things illegally. Sitting on your blessings, opposing you, and telling you no way, no how. You've got to be aggressive to go after what you know God has given you. Hallelujah. Go after. Oh, somebody say go after. Go after. Go after. Go after. Now, you've you got to pray and you've got to seek the Lord until you hear from him specifically about what he's given you to possess in your area and in your place and your ministry. You've got to get that. You've got to hear from him because that's where faith comes from. But once you've heard from him, you need to go after it. I mean, you launch, you reach, you claim, you confess. You possess, let them laugh all they want to, but you're taking some land. Is that right? You're not going to be like that bunch that laid out there and cried all night. Felt sorry for themselves. Now, now, now notice this. What is, what's their conclusion after crying all night? Let's go back. Let's go back to Egypt. The Lord quickened this to me today. I hadn't seen this like this. He said... It's, uh, oh, what's, what's the word? Prison acclamation. There are people who've been in prison a long time, and when they get out, they're not comfortable with the personal responsibilities of life, and they want to get back where they don't have to be responsible for anything else anymore. What, what, when they say go back to Egypt, what are they saying? Back to bondage. Back to bondage. Why? Because God just gave them the responsibility. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's right. Is that right? That's right? For possessing all this Canaan's land. That's right. And they just blew a fuse. 
They said, we we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't. Caleb and Joshua said, what you talking about? Let's do it, let's do it. We can do it. They were ready to go get it. Faith goes and gets it. Unbelief cries and says, I want to go back inside. I want to go back where I don't have to do anything. Where nothing is my... All kind of church going people love what I call, not all of us, but a lot of people, what I call no fault religion. No matter what happens, it's not my fault. No matter what doesn't happen, it's not my fault. It's all up to God, all up to God, all up to God, all up to God. And they don't realize they are sitting in bondage. They are sitting in jail when Jesus has already broken us out. But folks don't lie. I mean, you can give folks opportunity sometime, and you'll see them just wilt and go, oh, oh, I don't know. Remember the man that the Lord gave the talent to? And what did he do? He said, oh, 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 fear. I, I might lose it. I might lose it. I might lose it. I, I can't. I can't. That doesn't please the Lord. That displeases the Lord. I know our first church that we stepped out to do in Branson. Phyllis and I, we had no resources. We had no congregation. And the Lord dealt with us to believe for that building and, and to claim it and step towards it. And, and it just didn't look like any way in the world you could do it. With no congregation yet. And there was a night or two I tried to, to juggle the figures a little bit. And I finally just put the calculator in the drawer and shut it. Because there's no, this doesn't figure. This doesn't add up. Nothing I can do. To make this work anyhow. And even some people well meaning. Tried to suggest to me. What do you need with all that? I mean you know you got a good ministry. You know be happy. And you know, and, and, and some folks even imply. You're not a pastor. You're not a pastor. <laughs> and I really couldn't argue with them. <laughs> but finally. I got it in my spirit. I thought now hold on. Hold on. We have not. Gotten as far as we got by playing it safe and being scared. Come on, y'all with me and being scared. Well, what if it doesn't work? What if what if you mess up? What if you lose everything and you fall flat on your face? I actually said to somebody in that situation, I said, I said, well, I'm a man, Phyllis a woman. We can miss it. We could miss it. But I would rather. Come on, y'all with me or not? I would rather fall flat on my face and have half the county laughing at me, endeavoring to believe God and honor God and obey God than be too chicken and too weak and too unbelieving to obey him and even try to do what he said to do. Faith pleases God. Faith is bold. Faith is courageous. You know, Jesus told the story of the man that came to his neighbor's house in the middle of the night and beat on the door and said, I got somebody to come to the house. I don't have anything to eat. I need some bread. You got to give me some bread. And the Bible said, the man wouldn't get up in the middle of the night and give him the bread because he was his friend. But he'd give it to him because, the King James says, his importunity. 
Now that word hadn't been fully appreciated. When's the last time you used that in a sentence? Because of the man's importunity. Look it up and you'll see it's not what a, even a lot of modern translations try to make it into being. You've got to watch out about a lot of these translations. They're not really translations. They're paraphrase. They're telling you what they think it means. The word literally means shamelessness and boldness. He said the man's going to get his bread. You know why? Not because the guy's his friend. Why? Because he had the boldness to just walk up there in the middle of the night and beat on the door and say, I got to have some bread. Now the devil will tell you, oh, don't you do that. Don't you do that. That's so rude. Don't you, don't you, don't you. You have not. Because you didn't ask. And he followed that up by saying, ask. It'll be given to you. Seek. And you'll find. Knock. It'll be up. What Does this sound like you taking some steps ahead? You stepping out. You laying hold. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Lord. (laughs) Where am I? I got excited. (laughs) Glory to God. Go to Joshua. Joshua is the account of what happened after all the unbelieving folks died. (laughs) And the next generation that God foretold that would go. See they, they said. All our kids are going to be killed out here. All our kids. And the Lord said no. No. You're going to die out here. But I'm taking them in. <laughs> I'm taking them in. And in Joshua. Look at the 17th chapter. And the 14th verse. Oh hallelujah. Praise be to God. Joshua 17, verse 14. Now this is the actual taking, possessing of the land that is recorded in these chapters in Joshua and beyond. This is describing one of the tribes. The children of Joseph spoke to Joshua and they said, Why have you just given me one lot and one portion to inherit? Because I'm a great people and the Lord has blessed me. Verse 15. Joshua said, if you're so great, you need to get out there and cut down for yourself in the land of the Perizzites and the giants. There's plenty of land right over there. Giant land. (laughs) Is this God? Come on now, we need to get a revelation of this because religion has told us something else. And our parents and our parents' parents. You say, Lord, I want some healing. I need some healing. I really want some healing. What will he tell you? Take some healing, boy. I need something to pay my bills, Lord. I need need a bunch of money for the church. Please, God. Please, God. Please, God. Please, God. Please, God. Oh, please. Oh, please, please, please. Pretty please. Oh, God. That does not please him. Believers are not beggars. 
Mm-mm. Believers are not beggars. He didn't tell them to go beg the giants to let them in. <laughs> what would they have said? No. <laughs> if you don't have enough, there's plenty of land right over there. Giant land. Go get you all you want, boy. Go get it. Verse 16. The children of Joseph said, no, hill country's not enough. And man, them Canaanites, they got iron chariots. Hmm. Verse 17. Joshua said, you are a great people. You said you were, but you didn't believe it. But I'm telling you, you are. (laughs) You are a great people. And you got great power. And you can do this. And you're going to do this. You're not going to have one lot only. Come on, keep reading verse 18. The mountain, the whole mountain is going to be yours. But I ain't going to go get it for you. You. (laughs) Come on, help your neighbor. Say, say you are going to go get it. You are going to go cut it down. And the outgoings are going to be yours. And you are going to drive out the Canaanites, iron chariots and all. Even if they are strong, you are going to do it. You are going to, come on, help your neighbor out say, you are going to do it. You are going to do it. You're going to do it. (laughs) We got to stop this whining. I need more and somebody needs to help me and nobody will, nobody will pray for me and and nobody, anybody read the book of James? Is any uh, oppressed? Let him. Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing song. You wouldn't say, Keith, I'm happy, sing. <laughs> sing for yourself. Is that right? I need help. Pray. We're too religious about this. It's too much of this. Pray for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of times never do anything. What do you mean? Why should I pray for you? Maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't. Is this something you can't pray for yourself? It's kind of like me washing your clothes. I got my own praying to do. Come on, y'all with me or not? I'm not saying I would not pray with you, but you got to, a lot of times, isn't it true? A lot of people, they are not praying for themselves. They want you to do their praying for them. It does not work. You've got to pray for yourself. And you've got to receive for yourself. You've got to lay hold for yourself. Keep reading. He said, you are a great people. You're strong. You can do this. You're going to do this. Verse 19. Or is it, goes in, it goes into 18. Yeah. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh. They set up the tabernacle of the congregation there. And the land was subdued before them. It kind of jumps ahead and tells what happened. But then it tells some detail. But there remained among the children of Israel. Seven tribes. Which had not received or taken their inheritance. Now this is all typical. 
How many tribes were there? Twelve. Over half of God's people, 45 years later, had still not taken their inheritance. After he'd given it to them and told them to possess it. Reckon there's a type there somewhere. Reckon the large portions of the body of Christ today have not laid hold of their possessions because they believe it's all up to God. Verse 3. And Joshua said to the children of Israel, God is in control. (laughs) And at the right time and the right way, he's going to put you in your land. Are there millions of church-going people that believe that? God, when he gets ready, in his own good time, in his own good way, I'm just leaving it up to the Lord. I'm I'm just leaving it up to the Lord. You can't leave up to him what he left up to you. You can't. You try, but you wind up thinking you're waiting on him, and you're not. And you'll go year after year and decade after decade and not enjoy what already belongs to you. What did Joshua say to him? What what did he say to him? How long are you going to be slack to go possess the land which the Lord God your fathers has given you? Past tense. He's already given it to you. What are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? What are you waiting? That's a very good question. What are you waiting on? They were waiting on something. Years were passing. Maybe they thought they're waiting for some sign from God. They're waiting this. They're waiting for God's timing. They're waiting. And they weren't. They weren't. It was going to take some aggressive effort on their part. And they hadn't been ready and willing to do it. Skip down to the 19th chapter. Oh, hallelujah. I like this a whole lot. (laughs) These words of Joshua did not fall on deaf ears with everybody. There was one tribe there that got set on fire when they heard that. What are you waiting on? What are you waiting on to go possess your land? What are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? It was a tribe that played their music loud. Come on, y'all with me. It was that praising bunch, that that shouting bunch, that tribe of Judah. And it just, just this one verse here, it just told and then it moves on. But oh man, there's so much here. 19.9, Joshua, out of the portion of the children of Judah was the inheritance of a whole other tribe, Simeon. For the part of the children of Judah was too much for them. Therefore, the children of Simeon had their inheritance within the inheritance of them. The complete English says Judah had received too much land. How'd they get it? How'd they get it? How'd they get it? 
<laughs> oh, people say, watch out, watch out. Don't take too much. Don't take too much. You don't want excess. I do. I don't want error. I do want excess. My ministry is in my excess. If all I've got is enough to subsist, where's my ministry? Come on, can you see that? Jesus said it's more blessed to what? Give. Then it's a blessing to receive, but if all you do is receive and exist and subsist, you're not in the more blessed category. I mean, blessed is good. More blessed? More better. Is that right? How many like the more blessed? More, more blessed. What happened? Judah's leaders, they heard what Joshua said. He said, what are y'all waiting on? What are you waiting on? The one tribe had come to him already and said, we need more, we need more. He said, there it is right there. <laughs> Giant land. He said, they got iron chairs. He said, so? Go get it. 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 So Judah said, we got to go get it. So their men strapped on their weapons. They headed out where the giants were, where the walls were, and they fought. And they took it. And they fought. And they took it. And they fought. And they took it. And they sent back word and said, we got it. <laughs> Leadership sent back word and said, is there any more to the, to the east? Yeah. Take it. <laughs> so, so they fought. And they took it. And they fought. And they took it. And they fought and they took it. They sent back word. Hey, we got the east side. We got it. We got it. Is any to the south? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> take it. So they took it to the south. And they took it to the west. And they took so much. They had to get up on the mountain and look and go, whoo. Man, this is Judahville as far as the eye can see in every direction. And Simeon had not gotten hold of the revelation of faith. And they still had not possessed their possession. And they weren't making any progress towards it. And Judah said, hey, Simeon, move in here with us. On the south side down there, we won't even know you there. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Move in. Because they took too much. What is this? Much of the body will never receive this revelation. They'll never walk in it. So some of us. Some of us have to take too much. Some of us have to take more. Way more than we could possibly use our need. Nobody said we had to keep it all. <laughs> you do have to take it. Oh, glory to God. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. 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 I want you to try this on now. This, this, this religious spirits don't like this, but you'll like it. Say it out loud. By the grace of God, I will take too much. <laughs> I will take 
way, way more than I could possibly use. I will take too much. Now, right here, too, in these, in, in these chapters is where our heroes finally got theirs. Joshua, Caleb. We can't end this story without celebrating them. Come on, y'all you, you believe it or not? Joshua 19, you're there. Verse 49 at the end of the chapter. Verse 49, when they had made an end of dividing the land for inheritance by their coast. The children of Israel gave an inheritance to Joshua, the son of Nun. Among them, according to the word of the Lord, they gave him the city which he asked, had his own city. In Mount Ephraim, he built the city and he lived there. He had to put up with them guys, wandering around out there. <laughs> For 40 years. And he's. You know. Older now. But he, he never lost his vision. He never let go of his dream. And one day they put up the sign. Joshuaville. <laughs> Man had his own city. Oh somebody say. Glory to God. And his buddy. Go back to the 14th chapter. Joshua. And look at the 6th verse. 14 and 6. The children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal. And Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite said. You know the thing that the Lord said to Moses. The man of God concerning me and you. In Kadesh Barnea. 40 years old I was. When Moses the servant of the Lord sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy the land. I brought him word again as it was in my heart. How I many know. He was one of only two that had anything good to say about God's plan and God's land. He brought the good report. Verse 8, nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt with their evil report. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. Hallelujah. And Moses swore to me on that day. He said, surely the land that your feet have trod on is going to be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, <laughs> don't you know he was glad to say, and now. <laughs> it's been four decades plus. And now, behold. The Lord has kept me alive through all the grumbling and the griping and the snakes and the desert and all. The Lord has kept me alive these 45 years. Even since the Lord spoke this word, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and lo, now I am this day. Maybe it was his birthday. <laughs> Four score. And five years old. I'm 85 today. Keep reading. And yet. I am as strong. This day. As I was in the day Moses sent me. 45 years ago. 
my strength was then, even so as my strength was then, even so is my strength now. He's not just talking about spiritually either. For war. I can handle a sword today as good as I could 45 years ago. How many believe he's telling the truth? This is what faith will do for you. This is what faith will do for you. Both to go out and to come in. You don't have to lose all your strength because you get older. He didn't. He said, I'm as good a man to fight today as I was 45 years ago. At all, get this next verse. Get this next verse. Verse 12. Now. How many get the idea he wants to do something? Now. Give me this mountain. Is he asking for a handout? No. Is he asking for somebody else to do his fighting for him? Do his receiving for him? Do his taking for him? Well, he is 85, you know. Now somebody else, no, no, no. Give me this mountain wherever you, the Lord spoke in that day. You heard in that day how the Anakims were there. That's the giants. What mountain does he want? He doesn't want just any mountain. He wants the giant mountain. The giant mountain. He said the, the cities were great and fenced. And if the Lord be with me, I'll be able to drive them out. Just like the Lord said, oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Give me this mountain. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say, give me this mountain. Give me, give me this mountain. We must rid ourselves of the passivity of unbelief. We must rid ourselves of the generations of unbelief that have been shoved down the church's throat. Actually, doctrines of devils. Robbing people of their possessions and blessings in Christ. Sit back. Be quiet. No, it's up to God. And it's not up to you. It's not up to you. It is what God has given us. It remains for us to enter in to that rest and that blessing. And you've got, he said, labor to enter into that. Fight the good fight of faith. I was thinking today, uh, Brother Kenneth and Miss Gloria, the directive the Lord gave you those years ago that you were to take the uncompromised Word of God and make and, and put it on every available voice. Now that didn't happen automatically. That, did, <laughs> that didn't just fall on you. I mean, they just launched the BVON, uh, uh, their own network. I mean, understand, that doesn't just fall on you. I remember when, when the decision was being made. John talked to me. He said, uh, Daddy's going to do this. <laughs> How many understand your own network is a big deal? You got to believe God for some serious resources. And you got to have serious staff. And you got to have direction. You got to have, this is something you got to take. And after I got through talking to him about it, I got off the phone. I told Phyllis, I said, Brother Kenneth and Miss Gloria has faith. <laughs> and it, it, it stirred me. It blessed me. What about you? What about me? What are we supposed to take? What are we supposed to take? I know back working with Brother Hagin, 
back in the earlier days of our association with him, he began to say, somebody's going to give into this ministry one million dollars. He didn't say it every day, but just every once in a while, he'd come on him, he'd say, it's going to come into the, uh, uh, the ministry, one million dollars. Well, a few years passed, but then sure enough, during one meeting, here somebody brought two $500,000 cashier checks, and he said, and we received both of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, after that, he began to say, we're going to receive into the ministry, one time uh, offering, like, all at one time, $2 million. Yes. We're going to receive $2 million uh, all at one time. And years passed, but what do you think? What do you think? We were at school one day, got a report from the office, just had received word. $2 million had come in. Somebody say, glory to God. Glory to God. Now notice how different this is than, well, whatever the Lord wants. Just whatever the Lord wants. It's not up to me. It's up to him. Oh, really? Really? It's not up to you. How many remember the scripture? Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him. Who's that up to? So much of this is up to us. God has left it up to us. He wants us to grow up and quit whining. He wants us to have some faith and some courage. So we shouted and we got out of there and I was getting in my car and I was just saying glory to God, glory to God here it came in, here it came in then he went on to say now we're going to receive one time three million dollars and I got in I said okay here's what we're saying it's what he's saying and the Lord said to me what are you saying what are you saying I thought well I wasn't, I wasn't saying <laughs> I mean that's Brother Hagin you know I mean he's, he, he's got big faith the Lord said what are you saying what are you saying? And so we begin to say. And it wasn't, that big, it wasn't as big as what he was saying. But it was where our faith is at. And then we begin to say more. And then we begin to say a million at one time. That's come in. We begin to say two. That's come in. Begin to say three. That's come in. Come on y'all listening. Now we're saying five. Hallelujah. One time. Offer five million dollars. Easy peasy for the Lord. Easy. Easy. Why aren't you saying 10? Why aren't you? Amen. <laughs> you need to quit thinking, critiquing what I'm saying. Amen. What are you saying? saying? Yes, sir. Don't compare or compete with anybody else. Yes, it, it may be a much, much smaller figure, but you've got to be saying something, yes, laying hold on something, or you're waiting to possess what's been given, thinking it's up to God trying to attribute it to him when that's not the case. It is true that his grace has given us everything. Already been bought. Already been paid for. Everything that pertains to life and godliness. All spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Redemption, forgiveness, healing, deliverance, provision, abundance, protection, on and on and on. But you and I will not receive any grace, will not enjoy, I miss it like this, the only grace we will enjoy is what we receive. The only grace we'll experience and enjoy in our lives is what we receive. Like we said Monday night, I gave the example of the man I gave the watch to, but he didn't receive it. Y'all remember that? 
And the Lord said, did he enjoy that watch? I said, no, he never. Why? Because you didn't want him to have it? I wanted him to have it because you didn't give it to him. No, I gave it to him. Tried to put it in his hand. You got to receive it or you'll never enjoy it. And receive means take. We're not trying to twist God's arm, talk him into it. It was his idea. He's the one told us he gave it to us. And we are possessors of the promised land. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet before I take off preaching again. Oh, thank you, Father. Somebody say, I'm a believer. I'm a receiver. Oh, praise God. Just lift your hands and give thanks to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. 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 Oh, praise you, Lord. 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 Praise you. Come somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, we need to praise him some more. Praise you, 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 praise you. Praise you, praise you, praise you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Close your eyes. Close your eyes, but just keep on, keep, keep your heart focused on him. Several somebodies need to claim a house. You need to lay hold by faith of a house, and you need to set yourself after it. You are after it. You're going to get that. Quit waiting on somebody to notice you. Quit, quit waiting on anything else. It's not up to everybody else. You, you need to, it needs to come up in your heart. And you need to say I claim my house in Jesus name. I claim whatever money it takes to put me in there. I claim whatever favor. I claim whatever deal. I am taking my house. I'm possessing my house. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to claim some vehicles. You need to claim a car. You're not supposed to just live using somebody else's car, mom and daddy's car, your roommate's car. You're supposed to, God wants you to have your own stuff. Hallelujah. Claim your own car. I, I claim my own car. I claim the right vehicle for me, the money, the favor, the deal, whatever it takes to get it. I claim it. And then you go after it. You're, you're looking for it. You're preparing for it. You're getting ready. You're doing whatever work he tells you to do. You're sowing whatever seed he tells you to sow. You are laying hold of this. You're taking it. You're not waiting on anything else. You're taking it. The Lord told Brother Hagin in one of the visions where he saw him face to face. He said, I expect my people to have the best place in town to meet in. Did you hear that? 
I expect my people, I expect my people to have the best place in town to meet in. Churches, pastors, ministries, claim, not tiny cracker box, claim, nice places. That's why we keep saying we're getting our buildings and our lands and our houses and our equipment. Somebody say, I'm laying hold. I'm laying, I'm laying hold. Hallelujah. Quit waiting on somebody to notice you. Quit looking at wealthy people in your church. They're not your source. The congregation is not your source. The Lord God is your unlimited source. Quit looking. Quit begging. Quit pleading. Quit trying to butter up to somebody. and Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. The psalmist said, I, I, I'm... I'm been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed a begging for bread. Somebody say, I'm not a beggar. I, I don't have to beg. I don't beg. I believe. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Here's, here's a phrase. I'm going to caution you to watch out for. I need. Everybody listening. I need this. I need that. Is not a faith phrase. I believe I receive it. I lay hold of it. We'll have what we need. I, I, I need this and I need that. Stop talking that. Stop saying that. By faith. Lay hold of it. And what, what things soever you desire. When you pray. Didn't say talk about how much you need it. What did it say? Believe that you take it. Believe that you receive it. And then you're looking for it. You're going for it. You're reaching for it. Every day and every night you're aware. And you got your spiritual antenna up. And you're looking because God's working on it. He's bringing it to pass. And you got to do, I mean, when the wall falls down, you got to step in there and get it. Come on, are y'all with me? You, you got to be ready. When he tells you, you got your sword and he gives you the word to speak, you got to swing it. Thank you, Lord. Oh, praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. And the scripture says he's given us the heathen for our inheritance. And so, pastors and ministers, it's right to stand up in your pulpit with your people and say, you know, uh, you're, not, you're not trying to take anybody from any other church. You don't have to. There's all kind of people not going to church anywhere. Is that right? And you say, we claim people in, the, in this city, in this county, in these areas. We claim people to come in from the south and the north and the east and the west. Right? He's given us the heathen for an inheritance. Our inheritance. Come in. We claim them. We say, Satan, take your hands off of them. Ministering spirits, go influence them. To cause them to find out and draw them in. We're laying hold. We're taking. We're possessing. It won't make God mad. It makes him glad. Faith pleases 
him. Oh, hallelujah. Praise be to God. Let's thank him another time. Just lift up your hands. Oh, Father, we worship you. How I worship you. How I thank you. I pray over this people and everybody watching online and and that we'll watch this in the next days. Lord, I, I pray and ask you, strengthen everyone with strength and mighty power in their inner man. Quicken them that they may be strong to possess what's been given us. Quicken them that they may rise up and survey the the promised land and have a vision to see what you have given them in their areas and in their measures. Help them to be strong to resist every evil report. Strong to cast down every lying thought and imagination and to affirm something that would please your ears to hear the affirmation of faith, the declaration of faith in this dark world. Hallelujah. 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 Whew. Said out loud, I'm strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. I'm strong in the Lord. And we are well able. To possess the land. We are well able. To lay hold. And take all. God has given us. Oh hallelujah. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Come on, praise him just a little bit longer. God's answering some of these prayers right now. Things are happening inside spirits and souls and minds. We'll stop being crybabies. We'll stop being whiners. We'll stop being beggars. And be what you made us to be, O oh Lord. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, just keep praising him. Keep thanking him. Lord, we're believers. We're believers. We're, we're strong in faith. Fully persuaded. Giving glory to our great God. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Whatever you need, whatever you need, be it things or wisdom. What did the, the Lord say about wisdom? If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and upbraids not but what? What did he say? 
you got to ask in faith. That means believing you receive, believing you take it. You got to take it. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to say that right now. Say, I take some answers. I, I, I lay hold of wisdom. I take wisdom. I, I take some direction. I take some light for my path. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you've messed up, if you've made a mistake, if you've sinned terribly, you must receive your forgiveness. You must take the righteousness that he's given us. Somebody needs to say it. Don't, don't let condemnation hang over you and, and dull you and hold you back. Say it out loud. I receive, I receive complete, forgiveness. complete forgiveness. I receive, I receive washing, washing by the blood of the Lamb, the of the from, Lamb. Every sin, from every sin, every failure, every Every mistake, every every shortcoming, every every disobedience, every every rebellion, rebellion. I receive, I I take it now, now. the cleansing and washing of the blood of the Lamb and of the Holy Spirit, Spirit. I I receive the righteousness. Of Christ, of Christ as my own. As my own. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory to God. Well, like Brother Hagin used to say, I don't know about you, but I preached me happy. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.